We're back. What a week. Bad Yo. boys. <laughs> bad boys. Bad boys. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? That's a little hint at what we're gonna be doing. So this episode's dedicated to... I would say dedicated, I don't know. But we're just gonna be reading some stories from like tribal police. I mean, police in general, but... Nurses or doctors, doctors, firefighters, security guards. Uh, if you missed out on this, we told you. God, uh, yeah, you had time to send them in. I'm just gonna say right off the bat, some of y'all dropped the ball because I didn't get one story. I didn't either. Not one nibble. Nothing. I had some people tagged in posts. But, I got a lot of that. But nobody uh, said anything. Did you get any? Oh, I got the best story for you. <laughs> You're gonna, it's going to blow your mind. There's one of those, yeah. Ghost. <laughs> That's the real ghost story. Because yeah. I heard nothing else. <laughs> Disappeared. And we're done. Yeah. And, uh, well, <laughs> you can find me at Now we're going to ghost you. <laughs> That's I- right. I got a few of them. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of these guys. You know, again, you know, we're, we're we ask stories from nurses and doctors and and uh, what do you call it? Uh, what would you call them? Uh, Frontline service. Yeah, service workers. Is that what it's called? Frontline. E- Frontline. EMT. No. Essential. Essential. Wait, no, it's called what they call it during the pandemic. I don't remember. Essential. What they, essentials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, service workers. Yeah, you know. something so, like that. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, we love you. Thank you. I know a lot of you guys. You know, you were concerned about you know us telling your name because you're still working. We understand these are professional fields, and we want to do this in a respectful manner. You know, again, you know, sometimes my memory is not always that great. You know, but you know, I'm gonna try to do my very best. And again, apologize if I leave something out or. or uh, I don't tell it the right way or whatever, but, you know, again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, respect your wishes, you know, keep these anonymous as possible. So with that being said, you know, uh, my first story, you know, is a, a nursing story. And this lady, you know, she works in a major hospital up here in Tulsa area. I'll just say that much, you know, again, uh, she works the night shift and you know again you know hospitals you know you always get someone that you know gets sick or pass away or you know something like that you know and uh this uh one was uh taking care of this individual and they were uh in a, in a coma you know uh, that sleep you know s- status you know and you know and and uh I guess uh, this individual was in a, a bad wreck, you know, and, and you know it was on the, those machines, and um, it was just a bad situation, you know. And they notified the family that you know this individual was there, and you know that they needed to come as soon as possible, you know. And this uh, individual was laying, you know, there, and you know she was in in there taking care of him. You know, checking the machines, you know, doing all the vital signs and, you know, stuff that the nurses do. And, you know, and, you know, so anyway, you know, make a long story short, you know, she would go back, you know, to her uh, 
where she sits. I forget what they call them, like a desk or whatever. Anyway, uh, she starts doing paperwork. And his bed was, you know, kind of right in front of that desk, you know, that that room, you know, so she can see him, him and the other ones that are, you know, in that in that ward. Anyway, uh, uh, she kept thinking she saw someone moving around in there while she was doing paperwork. She'd look up and, you know, she she wouldn't see anybody there, you know, and uh, she'd get up, kind of walk around, you know, just double check, make sure, you know, family members didn't come in, you know, whatnot. Anyway, she would go back, sit down, do paperwork. And anyway, night goes on, you know, she heard, you know, a young man, you know, kind of say, hey, where am I? You know, and she said it was it was short like that. You know, just said, hey, where am I? And she would look up and she wouldn't see anybody there. And, of course, this is late at night. You know, nobody else is really roaming around on this ward because, you know, you got other individuals that are similar to this one, you know. Anyway, uh, she kept thinking she saw someone in that room, you know, and and uh, anyway, she went home the next morning. You know, when the sun come up, you know, her shift was over. You know, she went and she went home. You know, and uh, cleaned up and laid down, went to sleep, and in the middle of her sleep, you know, she's sleeping. You know, when we're all awake. She heard another male voice, you know, that same male voice that she heard in that hospital. Said, hey, hey, you know, trying to get her attention. You know, she lived by herself, you know, and she thought, well, it must be someone outside, you know. It kept doing that, kept doing that. So she finally kind of got up, looked around, looked outside. There wasn't nobody there. Anyway, you know, she said, well, I got to go back to sleep, you know, because I got to get up, run some errands, and then go to work, you know. So she tried to go back to sleep, you know, and she kept feeling like someone was in the room with her, you know. And she'd wake up, she'd look around, there wouldn't be nobody there. Well, anyway, um... It was uh, time for her to get up, run her errands, and uh, go back to work, she said. And, you know, this thing kind of happened all that, you know, that day, I guess. And uh, anyway, uh, she finally, you know, got to work, and the family members were there. And anyway, you know, they was in there, you know, doing what they needed to do. And the doctor came in, and, you know, and gave them the news, you know, and, and, uh, anyway, um, they said, uh, um, family decided to go ahead and, you know, turn everything off, you know, at a certain time, and, uh, they made that decision, you know, and, and their whole family was there, you know, they, they did what they had to do, and, you know, turned it off, and, of course, uh, this man was, you know, in 
such bad shape as soon as they turned it off it wasn't too much longer for him to you know just expire and uh, you know of course they let the family you know in there and you know have their moment you know in time and <clears throat> you know when it was all said and done you know uh, they came and took the body and you know took care of it you know took it to the morgue and you know got ready for it to have autopsy and all that other stuff and anyway she was in there cleaning up you know and and uh getting those machines wiped off you know because they knew they were probably gonna have somebody else come in there pretty soon and housekeeping was in there you know doing what they had to do you know clean and, and stuff and she uh she turned around and she saw this that man standing there the one that was in a bad way and he was standing there like he had a shocked look on his face and she froze and that housekeeper was still in there you know cleaning up and she went over to tap that housekeeper on on the shoulder to have her look and by the time they looked back he was gone and so she was telling me that you know on occasion she's had that happen you know a few times you know it didn't happen every time but there's been occasions where that has happened and you know again you know i want to thank you for uh mm -hmm. sending that story in to us and uh i appreciate all that you do for all these families you know, again, you know, a uh, nurse, nurse's job is very tough, you know, especially ones that have to deal with things like that, you know. So, again, I want to thank you very much for your story on that one. Mm. Good story. That was awesome. Good story. Mm. Yeah, I guess uh, I forget, too, like sometimes they can't say a lot. You know, like stories like that sometimes. So, but if if you're just watching this or you didn't see our post, we'll probably do a part two. Mm -hmm. Maybe, if possible, if we get more stories. But if you can, share your story. Just send them our way. Yeah. This story comes from, uh, well, it's not really a story. It's a video. It's uh, from Stephen A. Lowe. And uh, he works at the... College of the Muskogee Nation. There in Okmulgee, Oklahoma. He's a security guard. And again, I want to thank you for showing or sending us this video. And uh, I'll let you guys watch it. That is so wild. You know, uh, that Muskogee, uh, that College of the Muskogee Nation, there are several people that have stories of that area or, or of that school. And um, especially uh, there's a couple of dorms that, you know, they have uh, visitors come in there like that. You know, but this was in their uh, main I don't know what you call it, their administrative building. You know, one of your first buildings you come in. 
And as you've seen on that video, that's pretty clear. You know, it uh, looks kind of like a, I don't know, like a handkerchief. But, you know, it's it disappears, yeah. you know. So, I mean, you know, again, you know, I, I know there's, there's things out there. And, you know, again, you know, I know uh, security guards, you guys don't always get, you know, the props that you deserve. You know, you guys are watching over people and watching over property and, you know, you're doing this for low pay, you know. So, again, I want to thank you for uh, sending this in to us again. But, oh. I was looking, like, watch that video several times after you sent it to us. And I couldn't tell. Like, it almost looks like those two ladies or whatever. Are they interacting with it? Because it's like they stop and it kind of goes in between them. Mm-hmm. I can't really tell. I would love to hear, like, the audio on that, you know. And then, like, there's that guy in the red shirt that kind of you know, walks to the left of them and then it goes over there to him and then he goes out the door and then it comes back in between the two ladies. And like I said, it's almost as if they're interacting with it. So I'm wondering like if they saw it or if they felt it. So that's cool. That's a cool video. It kind of looked like a, was it zero from Oh yeah. Nightmare Before Nightmare Christmas. For Christmas. Yeah. yeah. How he said it was like a handkerchief. Was, yeah. Yeah. It looked like that to me, but I don't know. It kind of looked like they're interacting with it too. Yeah, I like to hear the audio of it and maybe what they felt, if they felt anything. Right, right. But maybe got that cold chill. Dang. Ooh. Somebody's messing with the thermostat. (laughs) (laughs) Security, yeah. I wish we got some security from casinos, some stories from either back in the day or new. I was gonna ask you how how old's that college? That's what, I forgot the I forgot what I was gonna say, but that was that was a question. That's not very old. It's mm, only about what three or four years old. Really? Yeah, probably about maybe Whoa. five at the most. Yeah. Dang. So I mean, you know, again, that's old land. You know that mm-hmm. they built that college on. You know, so and we've talked about this too. You know, I, I don't know if it was uh, I think it was Tyler that had a question about that area. Yeah. You know, he was asking me questions, you know, and I told him, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of stories about that area, you know, down there in Old Mogi. So, again, you know, to me, it, it makes sense. You know, there's a lot of things, you know. Again, you know, we, we, we've we talked about this before. You know, this world is old. Mm-hmm. You don't know what is there. You know, uh, I think today, you know, paranormal stuff is very active and and you know you're getting to see this stuff because now everybody has a recorder everybody's got you know you know something that they can just like this you know there's cameras going all all the time Mm -hmm. you know and you know again you know sometimes you're going to catch things when you got a camera running you know constantly 24 hours a day seven days a week you know and like I've always said, you know, everybody thinks, you know, you can catch a ghost at night. This is during the daytime, mm-hmm. you know, with people coming in and out. You know, it doesn't matter day or night, morning, whatever. If a spirit wants you to see them, you will get to see them. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, this is, you know, again, I, I sure appreciate everybody sharing everything. And I've got another story. Uh, I'm going to let uh, <clears throat> Russell read it, but... Uh, how would you say this name? Whoa. 
here. Uh, well, who, who gray, who gray, the Wemmy, the Weemy, Pigeon Simpson. We'll say Mr. Simpson. Yeah, Pigeon Simpson. Pigeon, Sim- Pigeon Simpson. Sorry if we butchered that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> when I was three or four at the end of our tribal encampment, I wandered off to a tree and my grandma saw me looking up and talking. She said my mom, she told my mom to go check on me. And when she asked what I was doing, I told her I was talking to the little man in the tree. My mom took me back to the campsite and my grandma told her to watch me the entire time. LPs. At four, I woke up in the. At four, I woke up in the middle of the night, often seeing the Hat Man, all black silhouette, and filled the entire doorway. I would be in a deep, I would be in a dead sleep and wide awake, to only be frozen in fear. And when I could, scream or hide. This was in Cushing, Oklahoma. And most recent was 2019, and I was washing dishes while it stormed early in the morning. My husband just left for work at 6.30 a.m. and it was still dark. But I stared out into the darkness watching the lightning and rain. I saw a red light where my pond was and thought it was a neighbor's brake. Brake lights. Wondered why I only saw one red brake light but thought it was because the car backed up sideways. A few minutes later I saw the weather station battery indicator light flash blue then right next to it the red light flashed again. And this time it was closer, maybe 50 feet away, but was terrifying me now. My heart was raving and my hands were still washing dishes, but my body was in fight or flight mode and eyes focused on the area. Next red flash under my carport peeking above the car's hood 20 feet away from me. I went straight to panic mode because I have everything to protect myself from an intruder, but not an orb shaped red light. I grabbed my gun knowing it wasn't what I could use and come back. And came back and it was gone. I waited to see it again, but ended up smudging my entire home, carport area, property, and even salted all the windowsills, all doorways. Uh, there you go. Oh, that's the. <laughs> I don't know if they're that good, but that's what I've physically seen. The rest is still ongoing with something shaking my bed and seeing shadows or getting. Those creepy feelings of being watched or someone's in the room. Dang. Let me look at so he's been kind let me of look through here. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of been plagued with that stuff ever since he was a kid. Yeah. That's crazy. Three or four now just recently. Do you think that's some there's something to that if you see some stuff like if you're little, are you more apt to see things as you get older? Like does it happen more often? Or is it like one and done? I think it's uh, it's up to the individual. You know, again, uh, they always say, you know, we all have that ability, you know, to see things. Especially children because they have that open mind. You know, they got that imagination. They've got that that part of their brain open. You know, as we get older, you know, we start to close that off. You know, some of us, not all of us. And then, you know, pretty soon, you know, it, it's gone, you know. But it to me, again, 
we all have that ability to see things, to feel things. You know, there there's not been a time that we we've all haven't had that uneasy feeling or we know something's wrong going to happen, you know, and sure enough, you know. So why they always say trust your gut, you know, that's that's what they're talking about. So anyway, this one uh, is from a doctor and um he told me this uh just recently this was like yesterday and uh anyway he was telling me that <clears throat> you know uh he's a emergency room doctor and uh you know he you know sees all kinds of people that come in and you know sometimes they have to do emergency surgery you know to save someone's life you know and anyway they had someone come in they were they were shot you know and he thought you know he he was looking at it you know he thought well he could get in there and you know pretty easily you know remove that bullet and you know the, thought this was going to be a success no big deal so you know he was rushing everything you know and anyway you know just sometimes you know it's you know things happen you know, and this individual didn't make it, you know, through surgery. And he, he, he did everything he could, you know, to to save this individual. You know, yeah, he removed the bullet, you know, he, but, you know, the individual, you know, sometimes with that, uh, what do you call it, anesthesia, you know, uh, you know, he, the person ended up, you know, uh, passing away because of that, you know, and it, again, you know, these are just, you know, things that happen, you know, and, uh, in these professions, you know, you don't always save everybody, but you try to do your best. Anyway, uh, you know, he, he was feeling real bad, you know, about this, you know, after, you know, after it was all said and done and, you know, he had to go talk to the family and tell them, you know, what has happened, you know, what was what was in the process, you know, and there's a lot of paperwork that goes along with it. So, you know, you know, he's constantly thinking about this, you know, and anyway, uh, <clears throat> his day was over and he went home and, you know, uh, he went you know, told his wife, said, you know, this wasn't such a good day, you know, I had lost a patient, you know, and I don't know, he was questioning him, himself and his, his skills, you know, and <clears throat> anyway, you know, so he said, uh, he, uh, went to, uh, uh, take a shower and, uh, lay down, you know, call it a night, you know, and he did that, and, you know, he's laying in bed, and, uh, he, he again, you know, had this, uh, feeling, you know, of, of something or someone in that room, and, but he had the lights on, you know, in that room, you know, and, uh, so he knew no, nobody was in there, but he still had that feeling, you know, just something, something wasn't right, you know, and anyway, you know, he just had that kind of uneasy feeling. Of course, he was thinking about, you know, uh, 
losing that patient, you know, all the things that, you know, kind of just rethinking things through and, and stuff like that. And, you know, pretty soon his wife came in, you know, said the kids are in bed, so it's time to go to sleep. So she turned the lights off and, you know, they, they rolled over and, you know, was getting ready to go to sleep. And he looks up, and he sees that man standing there in the doorway. Mm. And he raises up, you know, because one, you know, he was shocked. You know, at first he thought someone broke in. He rose up, you know, and uh, turned that light on real quick, and he was gone. Mm. And he said, you know, you know, People can say what they want to say, you know, whether about paranormal or what, you know, but, you know, him working in that emergency room, he's experienced a lot of things, you know, and, you know, again, I want to thank, you know, this individual for sending in that story. And, you know, I thank you for for what you do, you know, in your profession. You know, I, I know. You know, we don't always say thank you, you know, about those things. I know I see a doctor quite a bit, you know, and again, I, I, I want to, you know, thank all those doctors out there that might be listening to us, you know, and, and doing the job that they can. I know sometimes, you know, we don't always think about what they go through, you know, and, you know, what, what, what you do, you know, as a profession, you know, I know that's got to be hard sometimes, you know, especially if you you have a heart, you know, you're not just doing it to make money, you know, you, you really wanted to help somebody, and this individual, you know, I felt like he's like that, so again, I sure appreciate your story, aho and my dope. You have TikTok yet, Tyler? I do not. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have TikTok. No, there's videos on there where, I don't know if Chris has seen them, but this is uh, nurses where there's some levels that are blocked off, I guess, in the hospital. And they'll go in there and they'll have their phones out and they'll just kind of do their own type of paranormal stuff. Like, this is in city, like, out-of-state hospitals and stuff. But there was one where, dang, I was watching it. I was watching, all, all this stuff comes on my phone at, like, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And I'm just sitting there saving them and sending them to you guys and just like trying to figure out if they're real or not. But there was one where it was a hallway and it was all shut down and blocked off, but you could still see in the little window and these ladies go up there and they have their phones and they got their light on their phone and they put, and they're looking through the window and they have their phone on the window as well. And dude, all of a sudden, like they see what looks like a, a patient, in a gown holding the the thing the, the the heart monitor walking like across them like kind of at a distance not close but it was at a distance at the end of the hallway and it looked like it, it looked like a person uh an old uh just person that was there and they just kind of like was just walking really slow and those those ladies are like what is that oh my god and they just they run off <laughs> They don't even figure out if it's real or not. They just like, their phone just goes crazy. Oh, God, Tyler. <laughs> He's getting scared. <laughs> Happy jumpy, man. 
That's why we don't do this at night. <laughs> Did I mess that up? I don't know. Uh, oh, wait. There <laughs> we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> Dang, Tyler. <laughs> like you were there. <laughs> that table up on Chris. <laughs> Chris flip over. You got me nervy over here. <laughs> He's, I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, right, but they just so. took off and ran off. But in that video, it's like a person that has that heart thing, and they're just walking across from where they're looking. And so they never see if it disappears or not because they just run off. But, yeah. I'd probably do the same thing. Get on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I keep hearing. I keep hearing. I got a short one. It's more of a statement, I think, than a story. It's real short. She was saying her name is... She goes by Cloud Bird. When I was working for IMSA, I worked in a couple of spooky ambulances. Just another presence in there, even when you're alone. Mm. So. I believe that. I have a story that was given to me by another uh, ambulance driver. You know, um, they was called upon the scene. And, uh, anyway, uh, it was a bad wreck and, uh, he showed up, he was first one on, on the scene, you know, and of course this was way out in the country, you know, and, and this was, uh, three cars in this, in this wreck and it was real bad. He said, you know, all three cars, you know, everybody was kind of, kind of really jacked up, you know, but the, the one car that. I guess caused everything. Uh, it it slid on those roads and it ended up crashing right into the other car, and it caused that car to flip and it hit the other car that was behind them. And uh, anyway, that car that flipped, that person was dead, you know, but. You know, again, it, the way they were in there, you know, he had to get in there, you know, just, you know, double check to make sure this one guy was passed out, you know, or whatever, you know, and it was all crunched up where, you know, he couldn't really reach this individual. So he went to go uh, check on those other uh, passengers of the other vehicle while the fire department, you know, usually shows up. They're the ones that kind of do everything so anyway you know he was able to get those other guys out of their vehicles you know and start working on them you know till other ambulance people came but he kept hearing someone's asking for help help in that car you know by that time um ambulance person I mean, uh, fire department came and, you know, they took those, uh, what do you call it, jaws of life mm-hmm. to get that door off, you know, and and anyway, come find out that person that was in that car, you know, their neck was broken, you know, from the impact of it flipping. So that person wouldn't have been hollering for help. Dang. They just heard it. That that's crazy. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Again, I want to thank you, IMSA drivers, you ambulance people. You know, I I know myself, you know, I've been in several, you know, uh, situations where, you know, you guys, you know, really did a good job, you know. And again, I, you know, I can't help but say thank you for, you know, all the things that you guys do, you know, to help people out. And I know, you know, I'm sure you guys got some, you know, moving stories like that. So, again, I appreciate each and every one of you. Aho and Mado. I have uh, another story from, uh, dang, I just lost it. Oh, Andrea McGee, and I'm going to have Tyler read this one. Oh, yeah, let's see. It says, uh, this is probably about eight years ago now. We visited the Pensacola Lighthouse on NAS, the Naval Air Station, in Pensacola, there's a Naval Air Museum um, there that's been free that I've been visiting my whole life. The lighthouse isn't, but wanted to try something different. So we paid for myself and my two then young sons to visit the lighthouse. I'm a fairly intuitive person to put, put it in simple terms. That'll play into this in a few minutes. Well, we went into the house part that attaches to the lighthouse and the lighthouse keeper and the family lived there. We felt a cool breeze blow across me into the certain rooms. It's Florida, Alabama area. In the summertime, there's no cool breeze. So that was weird. Red flag. Uh, number one. We went into the basement and they had this historical setups down there. We turned to go back towards the stairs and we saw a dark human shadow hiding under the stairs. Red flag number two. Uh, we went upstairs into the master bedroom. Uh, there was a tour, a tour starting there that there was a story that the lighthouse keeper's wife murdered him in the room, but there was no historical reference. So, yeah, probably true. Felt off. There was an interesting shape stain on the floor, and that's uh, red flag number three. So we went to the lighthouse portion, and I'm not a heights person, but there was a room off to the side, like two stories up. My kids and I started up the stairs, about 12 up. My eldest, who was nine-ish, started flipping out. I'm scared, I'm scared, I don't want to go any further. I hadn't told him what I had seen earlier, so he stayed with the guide. And my youngest, age eight, and I went into the other room. After we left that place, I called my parents, and they had been there a week prior, and I asked my mom, hey, had you seen anything weird at that lighthouse? And my mom replied that she had seen a shadow under the stairs at the basement. So I googled the lighthouse, and I found that ghost hunters had been there before. The same stairs my eldest flipped out on, they had gotten a reading. So a year later, I went back now with my, with my now ex-boyfriend and his kids, in that same basement, he had the feeling like somebody blew on his back, uh, on the back of his neck, and there was no air vents down there. And I haven't been back since, and I don't plan on it. In doing research, uh, discovered escaped slaves had hidden in that basement. Dang. That's crazy. That is crazy. Mudo for that yeah. story. I bet there's a lot of interesting stories about lighthouses. Mm-hmm. Out there, I don't think I've ever seen one in real life. Just some Forrest Gump movies. And 
<laughs> movies and picture books and stuff like that, you know. I ain't never bought that movie, The Lighthouse. I want to see that. I haven't seen that yet. But. I heard that one's really crazy. Yeah, aren't they made, locked in there? Yeah, it's made by the same guy that did uh, The Witch. Oh, really? Yeah. So I like The Witch now. Yeah, I've grown up, so I like it. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to watch it. There is another. So Willem Dafoe's in The Lighthouse, and there is another one he's in now. Ah, I forgot the name of it, but he gets locked up in the artist. An artist home, uh-huh. like it. He's in there trying to steal, but the, the entire house shuts down, like uh, like the panic room, and it just all shuts down. He's locked in there for, I don't know how long they said, but he starts going crazy, and he eats like the aquarium fish that are that that guy <laughs> has because he's just trying to survive in that house. And I, I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime or if it's on Hulu, but. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but they said it's a, that one's a crazy movie too, like The Lighthouse. Like, yeah, don't they just go nuts in there? I think so. Yeah, in yeah. The Lighthouse. Yeah, I actually try to stay spoiler free. So, mm-hmm. I, but I've heard like it's an insane movie. Mm-hmm. Like, if you like The Witch, you'll probably like it too. And the new Batman's in there, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Edward, Colin. Edward, yeah, Edward Randall. <laughs> it's <laughs> Jacob, <laughs> Jacob Black. Yeah, Wolf Clan. <laughs> I got another story from Pawnee America from A.D. Pratt. I'm going to have uh, Russell read this one. A.D., shout out to A.D. I always see him on TikTok, on live. Go check him out. Um, and he won, I believe, second place at our event we had. Mm. I thought he got first. That was Fred. Oh, was that Fred? Fred got first, and I think A.D. He might have got first. I think A.D. got first. I don't know. One of them. Uh, shout out to you though, Fred and AD Pratt. <laughs> but when I worked on the res at the police station, we got a call about a young woman beaten and needed medical attention. When we arrived, we when we arrived, we started asking questions, and she said that she was kidnapped, beaten, and left for dead. She woke up and started walking towards the road and up to a house where an outside light. Oh wait, road and up to a house with an outside light. While walking, she said that a man on a horse came up behind her and he asked if she was all right. She said not really and that she was cold. The man in the horse gave her a coat to cover up. He walked with her to the road and he said that the house at the end of the road has a phone you can call for help. She looked towards the house and turned to thank him and he was gone as well as his horse. She said that he made no noise coming up behind her and leaving. The ambulance showed up and treated her and took her to the hospital, but one of the medics handed me a coat. It was an old EMS jacket with the name printed on the back. I took it and was going to give it to my partner, thinking it was his, but when I handed it to him, he was like, that's not mine. I thought you had given it to her, and I said no. We went through our notes and was shocked when we found out that the man on the horse handed it to her. Now, where she had come from was in wet was in a wetland area, and very very remote wild horses ran the area, but for a man to be riding one and for her to hear it trotting up for her to hear it trotting up behind her kind of freaked us out. We walked the EMS station and asked about the name on the coat. It was confirmed that someone with that name had worked for the station years ago and had passed on. That really gave us all chills in both stations because she was waking because she was walking with someone who wasn't here. And has passed on. But it was his nature to take care of people. 
That jacket was in the station for a week or so till it disappeared one day. No one questioned it and simply said he came back for his jacket. Case closed. To end that story, to end that, to end the story, that young lady recovered and the one who hurt her were caught and charged. Uh, as for all that happened, it's just one of the many things that happens on the res. Just take it as it is. Just take it as it comes and move on. Hmm. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah. AD coming with all the stories. Dang. Yeah. I know he's on TikTok too, and he'd be sending me some stuff on there, paranormal stuff, and I send him stuff too. So send us more stories. Go follow him. <laughs> Go follow him. I forgot his name on there. Let me look real quick. Is that how TikTok works? Is it like followers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Little Native sent us this one. I used to be a wildland fighter, BIA of Wewoka and Seminole. We got a call one night to assist Okmogi Creeks in the Walitka area. And when I heard the physical address, I said, hey, that's my grandparents' property. A hundred over acres. We made it to the location, hike in and control the... We made it to the location, hike in and control the burn. Later on, we started to separate in two. And I told the guys to be careful this area property is haunted with random noises and silhouettes of people walking around. My part, my partner from Okmogi didn't believe me until his headlight on his helmet goes off. And he said, whoa, they're all around us. These silhouettes, I told him, I said, they won't bother you till you start hearing the noises. A few hours go by. We started walking back to the vehicle. Those spirits or whatever they were started picking on my partner he kept saying, you hear that? I was like, yep, don't acknowledge it. Pretend you don't hear it. Then this man takes off running. I said, don't run. They're going to chase you. <laughs> and, well, he makes it back to the vehicle telling the other guys his experience and the others. And the others were pretty much saying the same thing. I see little figures and tall figures walking around us hearing clicking noises and whispers. I just sat, I just sat there nodding my head. I told you all. Mudo, <laughs> What do you think that was? Don't run. LP. Takes off. <laughs> Little figures and tall figures. Little figures and tall figures. All around. And he was hearing clicking noises. That says LP to me. It's all points to that. Mm-hmm. The tall figures, though, I think it was... Shadows? Shadow people. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot. Maybe would be cool, man. Bigfoot, LP, and cahoots. You know what I mean? There's somebody. There's like a. Be well, like, there's, there's numerous paintings, but there's paintings of Bigfoot and LPs jamming out, having a powwow <laughs> and stuff. I figure it might be like, uh, was it Ratatouille? Where he's on his head, like pulling his hair around, <laughs> making it move around. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, Tyler. You can read yeah, this Yeah, let me see. This one. Is it okay we say her name? Yeah, go ahead and say her name. Looks like uh, Shima Luan. Luan. It's with a J, so I don't know if that's Luhan, if that's oh, yeah. like uh, Spanish or Luhan or Luhan. Luan. Luan. All right, so I apologize, uh, Shima, if I mispronounce that. Um, 
She but it not, says she's not slapping her knees. She, <laughs> she not put a curse on me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it says uh, hello. Uh, my dad worked for BIA for thirty years and retired in nineteen ninety six, and he wanted to share some stories. One was from when he was a patrol officer stationed down in the Southern Pueblos area, and one from his brother in law who was a Navajo Nation police officer. First story from my dad. He was patrolling south of Albuquerque, New Mexico, when he decided to patrol Zia Pueblo. When he started patrolling on foot, he noticed that none of the tribal off- officials were around, but there was a bunch of dogs barking in the area. While he was walking the area, he kept feeling something watching him. He turned and scanned the area with his flashlight, but nothing was there. This happened a couple of times, and he still couldn't see anything, but he didn't do nothing. The dog stopped barking, and it was super quiet. Finally, at, after the last time he checked around, after the last time he turned around to check the area, a loud wind noise startled him, and he was at the edge of a cliff. And he turned around and booked it back to his patrol car after that. Dang! So he almost walked off the edge of a cliff. That's crazy. <laughs> Man, that wind sound must have warned him. Like, don't go no further. Uh, The second story from my uncle. My uncle was stationed in the small Navajo community of Canancito, Canancito, west of Albuquerque, when he was uh, dispatched to check on the Hogan. When he got to the Hogan, he noticed there were footprints in the fresh snow, and he followed the footprints for about 100 feet, and then he noticed they, they turned into dog tracks. Whoa. That's crazy. Day footprint that turned into dog tracks. Man, that says something right there. <laughs> Either a wolf or a dog. That's awesome. I don't know why I went to wolf, but Res Dog. Res Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it didn't never mind. I'm even gonna say it because it's gonna get turned around something nasty, so I'm even gonna keep it to myself. <laughs> See, I'm afraid to speak out now. I'm afraid y'all are going to try to spin it. I'm innocent, y'all. I really am. Uh I ain't that sicko they make me out to be. Sicko. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. I got this uh, story... uh, this one, uh, again, uh, this is a, he didn't want to be, he wanted to be anonymous, but uh, he works in a funeral home. And uh, anyway, uh, he went to school for that, you know, uh, uh, working in a funeral home. I think, dang, that's crazy for being Indian. I don't know how many Indians actually do that. <laughs> we got any more Indians out there working funeral homes, let us know. Yeah. I know you guys got some stories, but anyway, getting back to his story, you know, he said, uh, you know, he was fresh out of school, you know, finally got a uh, location to work at, you know, and <clears throat> it was his first uh, first uh, job. Anyway, story goes that, you know, he uh, was learning, you know, they, they kind of went through, you know, stuff like that, you know, in school and stuff, so he wasn't, wasn't unfamiliar with working with bodies and stuff like that but you know yet you know he was still new you know he was nervous about you know how well he was going to do anyway his first night they got a call 
you know, uh, to go pick up a body, you know, and anyway, he, he was, you know, on the spot, you know, on, on the job training, I guess you might say, you know, and anyway, he went and he had, uh, an older guy that's, you know, kind of working with him, you know, and shadowing him and stuff and, you know, kind of, uh, teaching him what he needed to know, you know, anyway, they went to go pick up that body and come back and anyway you know the guy told him said you know we went and got the body you know now you got to embalm it you know so i know you've gone to school so i'm not gonna tell you anything that you already don't know so anyway he said i'm gonna go and give me some lunch and you know if you have any problems give me a call so anyway you know he said all right he said, and so anyway he was getting the body ready and anyway uh he was turning around to get his uh, tools, I guess what you call it, you know, to get ready. And he said that body uh, set up. <laughs> and he he said when that body set up, he said he took out the door. <laughs> and uh, he was outside, you know, waiting for that old man to come back. You know, that old man finally came back and said, what happened? What are you out here for? You know, he said, well, that body's set up. <laughs> so I don't think he's dead. You know, he goes, well, didn't they go over that with you in school? You know, and he goes, no, they ain't talked about that. You know, I don't recall that. You know, he goes, you must have been sleeping or whatever. He said, you know, sometimes the body, you know, has its last, uh, I don't know how, muscle reaction or recall yeah. it and sometimes they even pass gas and sometimes they you know it's the gases in their body that yeah. makes noise you know he's kind of educating him said you know it sounds like they're talking or you know sounds like they're giving their last breath but it's you know because of those gases in yeah. their stomach and causes them to do things <laughs> and he you know it kind of rattled him and because uh, you know in school you know they didn't they didn't really go over that much stuff, you know. They just told them, you know, the fundamentals, I guess, of how to embalm somebody and stuff. So yeah. that old man had to go in there with him, you know, <laughs> to finish that body off, you know. So you know, they they set him back down, you know, and doing what they need to do, and you know, stuff. And so you know, that kind of rattled him, you know. And he said, you know, they finished it, you know, and. Uh, it's a long process, but, you know, they finished the job and, you know, and so he got to go home that evening and um, he went home and, you know, he was kind of thinking about that. You know, he's still trying to shake off those uh, heebie-jeebies off him, you know, and stuff. So anyway, uh, he went and uh, to kind of calm his nerves, you know, he he partaked, he said. <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, to kind of help him kind of relax a little bit. So, you know, he he did what he had to do and, you know, finally went to sleep. And he said was middle of the night. He woke up. His mouth was all dry, and, you know. Anyway, he had the good stuff, he said. <laughs> so he woke up. His mouth was just dry. So he got up and, you know, walked through his little apartment his uh kitchen got in the fridge and was drinking something and he saw someone sitting on that couch in the dark and he saw this you know the outline of this individual 
and it was just sitting on that couch and he said man he said he he dropped that drink and he turned that light on there wasn't nobody there <laughs> but he said you know he's still in that funeral business you know now that he's you know he's he's been in there for like eight years now and he said you know every now and then he has experiences like that you know and you know people come and visit him and you know that's one thing that you know he said you know again you know people don't understand those things you know him being native you know he kind of understands those things so you know now he's he's got his own ritual and what he does you know for these people that pass on you know he kind of talks to them and tells them you know that that they're 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 no longer here yeah and that's what he said so you know again i i appreciate you know your funeral workers you know like that again i know uh Hopefully, you know, my time isn't too soon, but, you know, I know, you know, I, I know we all go see them, you know. So, again, appreciate, you know, all your efforts, you know, and all the things that you do for us. Mm. Hope. Yeah. It's pretty scary. I'll probably call him Cedar Smoke. <laughs> he just constantly smells like cedar <laughs> man, <laughs> everywhere I, he goes. I don't think I could do that, man. <laughs> no way, man. <laughs> Especially that happened on your first night. Yeah. Man, my resignation would be on that desk. <laughs> Hot. Probably done. Tyler run all the way home. Yeah. I'd rather go flip burgers, man. <laughs> I work in the food service industry. No. I'd be working in the the Scooby Doo legs. <laughs> Take off. Oh That's pretty scary though, like when you see stuff. That looks like sitting in your, I mean, like, I, I believe that, like, yeah. seeing a person there when nothing's there. But there was one time where I had a bunch of clothes folded up in my chair in my this other room. And I put them on a chair and then I have shoes, like, on the ground. So there was enough room, there's enough light to hit that room. And, you know, like, <laughs> you can't see very well, but you can see in there. But... I walked by there and it looked like somebody was sitting in my in that chair and I stopped. This is like at one AM, two AM and I was like doing stuff and I, I stopped like right at our room and I was like, Man, was somebody sitting in my chair? <laughs> and I was like, I gotta look. So I turned around and then I went back there and I looked and sure enough, man, it looked it looked like somebody was just like in that chair. And my shoes were just positioned right, right <laughs> to where chair. it looked like there were just one was there, and it—I don't know—my mind took off, and man, I turned that light on, and it was my clothes and just <laughs> chairs laying on the floor. But it looked like somebody—I swear—it looked like somebody's head went like that, <laughs> like looked at me, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm—I'm uh, yeah. smudging. <laughs> I don't care if that's my clothes or not." <laughs> I hate when that happens, man. That's happened to me too. Yeah, my my wife one night, I mean, she'd ordered a dress, and it came like in the mail, mm-hmm. and um, uh, of course, it was it came in like a bag, and it was all wrinkled up, and so I didn't know, but she had hung it up on the curtain to kind of like, you know what I mean? So I was probably out there like on on the couch, like watching a movie or something, and I was getting ready to go to bed. And I turned the, like the, you know, natives, we turned the 
oven light on. That's like our night light <laughs> before we go to bed. I turn, I got the, the setting, the number one setting. So I hit that number one setting, which is it gives off just a little bit of light. And I walked in that room, man. And I wasn't expecting it, you know, but like out of my peripherals, I flipped the, open up that door. And out of my peripherals, man, I saw like this dress. Man, I was like, Ugh, like that. And she like, jumped up and then she scared me again because she jumped she scared me twice because then she jumped up and then her jumping up scared me again <laughs> she's like what's the matter with you i was just like it was gave me a heart attack man that, you didn't tell me you hung that dress up and then she started laughing but like because i scared her and then she jumped up because i scared her and then it scared me again so i got double whammy <laughs> that night that's for sure <laughs> I got another story. And uh, this is from Janet Damron. And um, this is kind of a three parter story, so y'all have to be patient with me on this one. Um, she said, I used to work at the. Paul's Valley DOC. There was a lot of weird things that happened when I worked there. After I closed there was a guy who worked security. He hated going in in, a, in the lot of the buildings. Yes, even a client mentioned seeing a client who had passed. Yes, but that client that had died was a little copper redhead had Down syndrome. He was always up to something. Now I have to play this uh, audio clip because she tells the rest of the story. Donnie Red, that's what we called him. His first name was Donnie. Well, it's actually Roy Don, but we called him Donnie. And we we were over on, uh, it was a building called Kerr, and one of the clients was sitting there and I forgot how you call the ceilings, but they went kind of up where it was like a little bit, I don't know what it's called. But anyway, this other client was sitting there, and he looked up, and he said, Donnie Red, you come down from there. That's exactly what he said. So I figured Donnie was flying over. Mm. What? I have a, another firefighter story. Um, um, you know, in California, they have a lot of, you know, crazy fires that happened, you know, certain part of the year, you know. And Anyway, uh, some of them get real out of hand and, you know, they get, they call all these different firefighter departments and BIA usually sends, you know, a lot of these tribal firefighters up there to help out, to give them experience and stuff like that. And anyway, uh, they're they're always having those big fires up in California, you know. And anyway, uh, this individual said uh, he was in in this BIA unit. I can't say which one because he's still there, but you know, he said uh, they went up there to uh, you know help manage that fire and take care of it you know it's getting close to people's houses and what people don't understand is you know especially those forest fires you know it gets super hot you know and, and they got all this equipment on and you know a lot of times it happens you know in the, 
the dead of summer, you know, when it's super hot, you know, and he said, you know, it can be miserable. And sometimes, you know, people hallucinate. They get so hot, you know, and, you know, they just start seeing things and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, he said uh, he was he was out there, you know, and, you know, doing his job. And anyway, he saw one of these other firefighters, you know, come up to him and, you know, say, you know, there's some bodies over that hill. He said, you need to go and, and you know, try to get more people to go over there and, you know, try to rescue them and stuff. He said, I'm, 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 I'm getting ready to head over there, but I, I'm trying to get other, you know, people to go over there, you know. So, anyway, uh, he turns around and, you know, they go and he gets, you know, some of his other crew that, you know, that was sent up there with them and they rush up in that area and, Sure enough, uh, there's, you know, people in that fire, but it's too late. You know, that fire's already on them, and they've already expired. You know, they're on fire and stuff, so they try to, you know, put put water on them to get them out, you know, and drag them out, you know, and to see what, you know, they might be able to save them, you know. Anyway, um, and this individual remembers that firefighter everything because he said there's there's a way that you know each other you know their equipment and stuff and he said uh, amongst those bodies was that guy hmm. and uh, he, i guess you know he 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 thinks that you know he he was there to try to get them to come over there to help save those bodies you yeah. know and you know, again, you know, I, I want to, you know, I know we had firefighters before, but again, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for the work that you do. I know you put your lives on the line. Again, you know, really appreciate, you know, the things that, that you guys do. Aho and Mado. Is that what those firefighters are? Like the BIA firefighters? They, that's when they do like the testing and all that. And they just go off into like wildfires. Is that what that is? Well, well, normally they're supposed to take care of their like their reservation. Okay, you know, their reservation because a lot of times the local fire department can't come in there and do it because it's on Indian oh. land. So you have to have BIA. But in in fires like that, they they send out a call to anybody that can you know spare anybody. And you know a lot of those guys, you know they're. They don't have much to do, you know. Not not that I say that they don't have much to do, but they don't get a lot of calls. So mm. sometimes they might send half their crew out there, you know, so they can get experience and mm -hmm. and you know keep those skills going. So a lot of times they'll send them up there on those big old forest fires, you know, to help out, you know, especially in those areas, you know, and that's what they do. So yeah, I just remember that when I was younger. Because in Pawnee, they used to do a lot of that. I don't know if they still do now because I don't live around there. But, I mean, they'd always do, like, uh, the testing for it where you walk, I think, three miles. And you got to do it in under an hour, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And there's other testing as well. But I remember there's they'd send them off to, like, California and to help mm. out with these other forest fires, too. But I never really knew, like, what it was and... <laughs> was like, uh, stretched before she climbed up there. But yeah, like being, and I wanted to try and do that, but 
I think they said like you got to walk three miles in under an hour or forty five minutes. I was like, dang, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I can run it, <laughs> but walking, I hate walking. <laughs> I can run, but yeah, like just because I I remember watching my I think my aunt did it, and she just held on to that because you had to wear a weight vest too, mm. and you, she was holding on that weight vest and just walking as fast as she could. I was like, dang, that's got to be real tiresome. Because you're trying to make a time, and then you have extra weight on you. Why can't you just run with the vest on? Uh, oh wait, to, why can't you just run it? Yeah, I don't know. I think just because you're basically it might be because you're walking everywhere, anyways, uh, with all that equipment on you. Oh, uh, okay. So that's probably why that's like a they want to see if you can if you're able to actually walk with that weight on you. Yeah, because like I mean I don't I, I guess they wear the same stuff anyways, right? Yeah. Yeah. When they fight fires, so I mean that stuff's heavy too. It's got to it's got to be like an extra thirty pounds, forty pounds maybe. Yeah, yeah that, that's some heavy equipment. Yeah, and, and it it doesn't breathe. You yeah, know? yeah, that too. It's it's super hot, so you got to be in pretty good shape, you mm-hmm. know, and be able to handle all that. And that's why they do those tests. You know, make sure you can handle it. Mm-hmm. You'll be in the middle of fire and just, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. probably me. I, Falling out, <laughs> all three of us God. trying to hold that hose, and we just Ch- trying to lay down, but it's too hot. Get, jump back up, no. So oh, oh, I come out of there looking like one of them split hot dogs, you know, like you leave it on the grill too long, just split down the middle, just... skull peeled back, yeah, <laughs> big old forehead. <laughs> Yeah, the, most of the tribes that I know, they all have, you know, a department like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, you know, in case they have a fire on their uh, reservation or their tribal complex, a lot of times the uh, city won't come out there to them. You know, I guess it just depends on what the relationship or I don't I really don't know. I don't I don't want to be a Tyler Randall really. <laughs> I'll just say, I don't know on that part. I just know. They, well, let me tell you. No. no. <laughs> Go 45 minutes, and I'll be really listening to it, too. I have to listen to that episode again, because you were really going, and you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> it went for about 10 minutes, and me and Chris are just watching you in amazement. I'm like, man, this guy really knows. He's like, oh, man, but I don't know. <laughs> I just made it up. <laughs> See, this is how it happened right here. No, this is why nobody sends me stories, because they know I'm going to go off on them. I don't know. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Shout out to the BIA firefighters. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we still do that around Pawnee. I have to look into it. But yeah, shout out to y'all, man. That's a hard job. Like mm-hmm. Chris was saying, that's a lot of uh, layers that aren't breathable. Mm-hmm. You're just like kind of fighting these hot fires, man. Especially in the summertime. Oklahoma, Damn. no joke. Mm-hmm. They even had to go do it in ice storms too. I remember uh, a couple of houses burned down, you know, during you know that ice storm. Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't know how their house catch on fire, but I guess maybe a heater or something. Somebody 
drop something on it or something. I don't know. Mm. <coughs> you guys ever see that movie? Uh, I think it's called Backdraft or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where they they show that fire like it's alive. And yeah. Stuff. And I always thought that was cool. Yeah. That's the coolest movie I've ever seen. That so. is cool. Backdraft. I have to watch that. I think John Travolta. No, that's Ladder Forty Nine. What's the one? Uh, I don't remember who's in. Kurt Russell, maybe. I don't remember. Okay. It's good though. I don't remember, but I, the only thing I remember is that fire. Yeah. It's, it's like it's talking and it moves. And those fire guys, they talk about how that fire is alive. And that's, yeah. That's what I like because on Creek, you know, we we like that fire. So. Yeah, Kurt <clears throat> Russell, William Baldwin, De Niro is in it. Donald Sutherland. Got some heavy hitters. What year is that? That is. 1991. Oh, whoa. Yeah. I have to check that out. Directed by Oklahoma's own Ron Howard. He ain't from here. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Ron Howard is from Oklahoma. He's from Bixby. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let he's, me say. He's from that town in the Andy Griffin show. Mayberry? Yeah, Mayberry. Let's see here. No, I heard he's from here, but I don't know where. Uh, where from? He said he's Pawnee. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be chief over yeah. there, boy. Used to be uh, Ron Strongbow. <laughs> 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 That's what it says right here. Damn, Russell don't even know his kinfolk over there. <laughs> you better go back to Pawnee yeah. for a little bit. Visit. You better be doing your research. You know it on Ron Howard. Help build that casino. Right. Got the funds for it. <laughs> no, not the Fonz. That was Richie. No, the funds. Oh, they said the Fonz. I was like, he was That's in Happy Richie. Days. Yeah, Ron Howard. That's still the same guy. I thought you said the Fonz. He was born. <laughs> well, he was Richie Cunningham. Uh, not the Buns. I said oh. the Fonz. So you added Pika. That's where you, you know you know the Fonz is real native too because he's the one that came up with a. <laughs> he was doing that a long time before for us. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, where is he from? Duncan. Really? Duncan, Oklahoma. Where's that at? Duncan, Oklahoma is a city in Stevens County. Its population. Two twenty-two thousand three hundred ten. Whoa! Yeah, uh, it is the birthplace of the Halliburton Corporation, and it is located uh, south. Bowed down. Yeah, I'd say almost to the Texas border. Oh dang! But it's about south of like, like Norman, Oklahoma City, oh, that okay. area. Yeah. Dang, Duncan. Ron Howard. It's pretty cool. Yeah. See, y'all learn a lot from me. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know where he's from. <laughs> I don't know where he's from. <laughs> I'm going to look into the life and times of Ron Howard then. <laughs> well, we're trying to get him on the show. <laughs> so if you're listening, come on. <laughs> Talk to us. Come talk to us about paranormal. Paranormal, backdraft. And uh, Pawnee Nation. <laughs> the Pawnee Nation. <laughs> He's got that chief blanket. 
I got Chris a, has a Ron Howard story. Oh. <laughs> I got Ron Howard right here on my phone. No, I'm just Dang, I just lost that story. Oh. He's on the line. <laughs> Ron Howard's on the line right now. Dang. Got him on hold. Dang, now I got to listen to it again. I'm sure I got the right one. Mark that, boy. <laughs> Where'd he go? <laughs> Where'd he go? <laughs> All right. Got one more story, and uh, I'm going to play this. It's short, and uh, it's just one of our listener stories. So let's see if I can... member of the Ottawa Tribe Otter Clan. I am also Yurok on my maternal side. Um, I live in Spokane, Washington in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, let's see, one of the stories I wanted to kind of share about happened recently and it's happened before. Um, so sometimes, I, I do actually have activity somewhat consistently depending on the time of year in my home um and for the most part it's pretty uh i would say it's it's definitely not scary um i see it more it's just a another way of communication and sometimes there's messages within that um, that i need to reflect upon and i also just see connecting with spirit sometimes as a gift because it really allows us to tap into that you know collective um, consciousness right and we're able to defy dimensions and other realities so I actually get pretty excited most of the time uh, but this just happened maybe a week ago um, I woke up at like 3 45 a.m. and my daughter's mini mouse phone um, so it's a play phone was going off um, it was ringing and saying all this you know stuff that the phone says it had been pushed at least probably about four times um, to continue to say the different automated things the phone would do um, and my daughter was actually asleep with me in my room that night so uh, definitely wasn't anyone in the house we were the only ones home I went back to sleep and then I had a really strange dream about um, different types of activity in our house um, a little bit more on the scarier side I would say but just definitely more intense energy and in the dream I realized when things were a little bit different looked different that I actually indeed was dreaming and so I ended up waking up and then within seconds of that the phone started going off again her uh, Minnie Mouse phone started making those sounds um, I decided at that time, it was 5 a.m. to get up, and I came out to the hallway, and I just kind of took a look around and asked a few questions. I didn't get any responses, at least not that my ears at the time could understand. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if there's some type of call that's being made or that I need to make or something that I need to be paying attention to. Um, but I definitely didn't feel fearful in any way. Um, and like I said, I, I look at some of the interactions that I've had as gifts, um, that were able to communicate, you know, um, beyond the density of the, of the third dimension. So, uh, that's my story. Aho Emado, mm. Miss Barlow. She, she's sending stories before. So. Okay, that's that. Yeah. 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 She's always sending cool stories and, mm -hmm. 
man, I, I tell you what, she travels around a lot too, and like I said, she she works in the health um, area. And again, I just think, man, some of those stories. Someday I gotta go up there and and, and visit with her mm. and, and get some real good stories and go with her on some some ghost investigations. So if you're listening. I'm coming your way sometime. No. <laughs> <laughs> and keep sending them. Yeah, keep, keep sending, sending those stories. We appreciate them. You got that Ron Howard story, Chris? You got that pulled up? <clears throat> this story happened a long time ago. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> In a town called Mayberry. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Andy, we're fishing. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that water demon. (laughs) I think tonight was pretty cool because, you know, all of them had, you know, pretty pretty much the same story. You know, these things are, Mm -hmm. are real, you know, and these aren't from these are from professionals. You know, in in these different fields, and man, I mean, again, it's up to you whether you want to believe or not believe or whatever. You know, but again, you know, these are all different people from all different locations, in different fields, and they're professional fields too. So, you know, again, it's it's up to you what you want to believe or or not believe. So. And if you miss this round, we'll probably do this again. So, if you, what do we have? We had nurses, police officers, firefighters, doctors, doctors, IMSA, security guards, security guards, um, the funeral worker. Oh yeah, funeral home worker. I know I'm missing some more, but yeah. Send us your stories if you can. We understand if you can't, but I'd like to hear some of those life flight stories, man. Oh, those too. I'm but those got some cool stories. Yeah, well, cool, tragic, but cool. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. In- interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that would be the right choice of words. Yeah. So even that too. But um, send us your stories if you can. Um, if you're not sure, let us know if you want to be kept anonymous. We will for sure do that. We mm-hmm. won't. We won't name you. We won't do a location or anything we'll just tell your story but um is that all you had chris yeah yeah that's it so far let me see uh. <laughs> <laughs> let me search <laughs> ceo don't hit that file Gosh. you can look anywhere just don't look at that file it's full of viruses <laughs> Like hope you've ever seen Ghostbusters. Like when you know they open up that that you know that real jerk mayor or whatever. Like like we're shutting it down. And he like you know hits the the ghost bank and like all the spirits come flying out. That's yeah. Chris's phone. You open up that thing, man. Just whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> it just lights up like a Christmas tree, man. Just get him, Chris. That's for all the all the <laughs> wrong things he's been saying about me. 
about how nasty I am. <laughs> Dang, that's by your own lips too, man. I ain't had to say nothing. God. <laughs> All right, you can find me at. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it down. Tyler's done. I'm done. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> well, uh, thank you everybody for sending in your stories. If you have any, please send them our way. Hopefully, we can do a part two of this. Um, but yeah, everybody, let everybody know where to follow you, keep up with you. Again, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you that sent in stories. Those were amazing stories tonight. You know, again, uh, I, I want to thank you guys for, for listening in and, and supporting us. You know, if you guys can get more people to help us by listening, have them like our stuff and, and listen. And So, again, you want to find me, I'm Christopher Honka Hill on Instagram and TikTok. Mudo. Uh, you can find me at uh, Skoden underscore cinema on Instagram. Also got pump action underscore podcast. Uh, so follow me there. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Skoden Cinema. Got two pages going over there. Two pages. <laughs> I don't got time for TikTok right now. But anyway, but you can follow me there. Uh, and my personal, Tyler Randall. Uh, find me at Ron underscore. <laughs> <laughs> Opie, Sun Eagle. <laughs> no, check me out at Okie Podcast on Instagram at RustinMus49. My personal is Russell Sun Eagle. Check us out wherever. Spirit Talkers on Instagram, TikTok. We're available everywhere on Apple, Spotify. Wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube, go subscribe to us. Check us out. We have some investigations on there. Might be doing some other stuff on there too, so stay tuned. But subscribe, hit that bell to get notified, and uh, I guess that's all. So we'll see you next time. Smudge up. Mudo.